Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Presented by T-Mobile the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live from Sacramento, California. Woke up quick at about noon. Featuring Damian Barling. Yes, I absolutely still love Russell Westbrook. So what? And Kenny Carraway. Sometimes you're really just vibing out. This is D-Lo and KC. I'm the Streets Voice Out West. Legendary self-made progress. Last time that I checked. On ESPN 1320. And we welcome you in here to the... World Cup Day, the Tuesday, November 29th edition of D'Lo and KC. I'm Damian Barling. You got to turn the volume up when you hit the buttons, James. That's where I go. When I'm Damian Barling, I turn the volume up and Acknowledge press me. that button. And I say, you're James Ham. You you can say, yes, sir. You can say, it's hammer time. And then I can I can hit. Acknowledge me. I can hit that button for you. That's that's the way radio works. I'm, I'm a veteran in this. Like, I, I know how to just turn up all of the buttons and press them and everything. You just should have me yell, acknowledge me. I, I like that. Uh, Jesse, <laughs> cut that. Uh, we're going to use that right there. Uh, James Hamar, ESPN 1320 Kings insider and creator of the Kings Beat, kind enough uh, to join us here is uh, KC is at home taking care of the baby Caraway. Uh, he'll be back with us early plan, uh, which, you know, the baby's like three days old, so this could change. Uh, but the early plan is for KC to be back with us on Thursday. Uh, and knowing Kenny the way that I do, uh, he's going to want to be here Thursday because we have our latest installment of the biggest game of the year. Though this time, it might really be the biggest game of the year so far, and that's, of course, the Indiana Pacers coming up uh, tomorrow night. James, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to Coach David Patrick, too, uh, Sac State Hornets. Uh, fresh off, not the best trip uh, to Hawaii. If it's possible to have a bad trip to Hawaii, I think the Sac State Hornets did that. Uh, but we'll talk to Coach Patrick coming up uh, at 120. There were some, some things I saw in that game that I know he is going to want to talk about. Uh, Jason Jones. Uh, final hour of the show. Well, don't get too high. Don't get too low, James. Uh, the seven-game win streak was fun, and if you want to look at the positive aspect of this, uh, the Kings have won seven of their last ten. It's a good number. <laughs> they just took a really unique route to get there in the fact that they lost. Uh, they won seven straight, and uh, following last night's tough loss against Phoenix, it's now three straight L's. Yeah, I mean, should people really be concerned, though? I mean, we're talking about the second night of a back-to-back on the road. 
in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about the best team in the Eastern Conference today after Thanksgiving, again on the road. We're talking about the best team in the Western Conference in the Phoenix Suns in your first game back home after a three-game road trip, which everyone knows that the first game back is usually not a great game. And, uh, you know, I think the numbers really bear out some interesting things. And so I've been spending all morning writing and digging deep into that. And when you have 80% of your starting lineup basically have three games in a row where they can't, they can't perform, you're going to lose. And the yeah. fact that the Kings have even been remotely close in two of those games is pretty surprising when you look at the numbers. So those are th- th- those are definitely some things we're going to have to talk about because one thing that really stood out to me, and, and, and by the way, before we get too far, I'm actually I'm with you on this. Um, they played the best team in the Eastern Conference, and, and for my money, they played the best team in basketball. And then they played the best team in the Western Conference, who who you could absolutely make an argument is is the best team in basketball in consecutive games. Um, the you know the game against Atlanta's tough, but you could also say they were right there in it. Those shots that we've seen fall against the Lakers, fall against the Warriors, fall against the Grizzlies. Those shots that kind of put them over the top and swung the momentum. They just didn't fall in Atlanta. You know they did everything else right. They got those stops that they needed. They just couldn't put the ball in the basket in that game. You know the game against Boston that was an entirely different animal. And I think this one stings a little extra for Kings fans last night is because of how good Phoenix is, how good we know that they are. That massive performance that Devin Booker had in the Kings were right there on numerous occasions to take control of that game, and they just couldn't. And then, of course, you have the sting of because the story of the game, regardless of how it ended, a talking point for Mike Brown today is going to be, and if you hadn't uh, played hooky from practice to do the show with me today, he would have told you this. We've got a problem giving up offensive rebounds. And they had an opportunity late in the game to potentially tie it, but they gave up an offensive rebound that sealed the game for Phoenix. Yeah, that offensive rebound ended up being just so crucial. Torrey Craig goes up high. And you know what? Like, look, in, in crunch time, those are those are things you can't control. Uh, you know, you're hoping that those things don't happen. But, like, sometimes the ball bounces the wrong way for you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Spe- specifically on offensive rebounds. You know, long three-point shots or long uh, shot attempts – you have no idea where the ball is going to carry them off to. And so the key is to not put yourself in a situation where that's what's going to beat you in the end, where that's going to be the play. And the Kings didn't do that. I mean, they fell down, uh, they fell behind by 10 uh, in, in the waning moments and then somehow made this miraculous comeback to get it within three. And, you know, like bad things happen that, you know, uh, again, this team, they continuously, put themselves in situations where bad things can happen that, you know, they've had a couple of blowout wins this season, but uh, most of the games are within a couple of points. And when you do that, um, you are leaving the door open for, you know, whatever, whatever may happen. And uh, Devin Booker happened in that game and he was tremendous. Uh, But also I I think as much as Devin Booker happened, De'Aaron Fox didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Herter didn't happen. Kevin Herter's missed his last 13, three point shots. Like, that's a, that's a problem. And uh, I would like to tell you that Harrison Barnes has been better. Harrison Barnes has missed three, three straight three-pointers over three games. So not only has he not hit a three, but he's only taken three. 
mm-hmm. over three games. And so you're we sitting only here took wondering. four shots like, last night, period. Yeah, like like when this team falls apart, they fall apart completely. And I think it's pretty clear why it is, though, because they they only have like maybe eight or nine players that are playing in the rotation, but their, their top six are really their everything, and they all function off of each other. So if De'Aaron Fox isn't, you know, running straight to the rim and breaking down the defense, then these guys on the perimeter aren't getting open shots. If the guys on the perimeter aren't hitting open shots, then it collapses a lane for De'Aaron Fox to go do his thing. And the one constant we've seen is really Demonis Sabonis, who is just the center of the universe and trying to figure out ways to get everybody else open when realistically he probably needed a couple of 30-point games here to put this team over the top. And what's tough is, and I, th- this is you know what you were diving into when you were talking about the numbers before, uh, you know before we launched into that, and you talked about the starters. Man, it's tough to see. You know, Malik Monk had another huge game for this team, and it's the second time during this three-game losing streak that he's been incredible, and it's netted them nothing uh, because the performances from De'Aaron Fox haven't been there because the performances. Uh, uh, from from Kevin Herter behind the three point line. Having get it, you know the funny thing is, and we'll talk more about this as the day progresses. It felt like Sabonis had thirty something last night. I I felt like every other possession, it, uh, dunk Sabonis, laying Sabonis. He was scoring at the basket over and over and over again. I think he hit a three to start the game, and <laughs> he had seventeen. You couldn't have told me he had 17 last night. I thought he was it, – it felt like he was scoring so easily last night. And uh, I, I don't know if it was just timely possessions. I don't know if it's just because of the e, like the ease in which he was scoring because it felt like he was scoring at the basket very regularly. I thought he had a monster night, and he had a, he had a, a fine night. He you know was sniffing a triple-double most of the night. Um but offensively, it felt like he was more impactful than maybe he really was. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that we're seeing is the development of the two-man game between him and Kevin Herter. Um, and, and I think it's just getting better and better. And a lot of those dunks came off of Herter passes. And I, I really thought Herter was, you know, when the shots didn't fall, Herter realized, like, look, I got to do something different here. And he started playing off Sabonis. They started playing off each other. Uh, next thing you know, Herter's got, you know, 18 points all of it within, you know, the key because he wasn't hitting anything outside. Um, Like, look, I think at the end of the day that we're going to, like, look at this stretches and look at other stretches during the season as, like, maybe uh, are they they practicing – too too hard are they going too hard um are are they overly reliant on a small group of players but even saying that i have a hard time believing that they are overly reliant on a small group of players because fox and sabonis are both around 32 minutes a game um i I can tell you which is lower than you expected the 32 yeah. per minutes minutes per game is lower than you expected. Yeah, it is. And there will come a point where that number goes up, I, I guarantee you. Uh, but, like, I, I talked to Fox in the locker room last night. He he gingerly walked to his to his locker, and I asked him, are you all right? Is just a, the standard, like, beat up because of the, you know, through the course of the season. And he's beat up. Like, his legs are beat up. His feet look like they're beat up. Um, you know, so something is going on there, but it's not something that he's going to sit for and he's got to fight through it and he'll get through it as well. But 
I really do think we have to start looking like Mike Brown's practices are long. His shoot arounds yeah. are, you know, two hours long. Mm-hmm. Like everything that they're doing is intense and they're putting a lot of stock in, in the battles that they're having in practice. And you have to be cautious of that when you're, when you have three games in four nights and, and it's not just the three games in four nights. It's a couple of days leading up to those games. It's a couple of days after those games. Like this team looks like they need to recover a little bit and take a breath. And, and I'll also say this, when you win seven games in a row, you usually have a dip. It doesn't matter what sport it is. When you win a bunch of games in a row and then you lose one, there's usually a pretty like substantial dip when you're trying to get back on the horse afterwards. And so, again, I'm not concerned uh, at all, to be honest. The, you, you're, we're not going to see this group of players, four of them, have like a horrendous, a horrendous stretch again altogether. I, I just don't see it. That's not who they are as players. And you brought up Monk. I think the cool thing about Monk is he doesn't care. He's the outlier in this group. He's a guy that doesn't need the system to be successful. The rest of the guys kind of need the system to be successful. And so we're seeing him flourish uh, while the others are, are kind of str- uh, stumbling a little bit. And that shows me that, you know, he's ready and he's trying to keep th- this team upbeat and in it and hopefully uh, long enough for them to recover and, and win a game. There's a lot more to talk about. I want to talk about Malik. You were talking about practicing uh, in the lengths in which they practice. Terrence Davis was on with us talking about, uh, you know, shoot around being two hours. Like, I, I, I want to dive into all of that. Um, we're just getting started. We're with you for the next four hours. We'll keep you updated on everything that's going on in the World Cup as well. Uh, it's D'Lo along with James Ham here on D'Lo and KC on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast d-lo and casey continues streaming live on the odyssey app Live on the Odyssey app, live on twitch.tv slash ESPN1320, youtube.com slash ESPN1320, wherever you are. We appreciate you so much for making us a part of your day. Um, Coach David Patrick, Sac State Hornet, is going to join us in about an hour from now. Uh, Jason Jones, final hour of the show, uh, will be with us. Of course, Jason Jones of the Athletic and the J Street Vibes podcast. Casey should, should be back with us uh, later this week as we prepare for the biggest game in Sacramento Kings basketball history uh, tomorrow <laughs> night at the Golden One Center. We'll talk more about that uh, as the day rolls along. I do want to spend some more time talking about the game. Uh, last night, we were talking about Malik Monk and the performances that he had, not only last night, but the performance that he had against uh, Atlanta and how both of those <laughs> games just kind of fell short for Sacramento. He's really been incredible. I had... No idea, and I think I said this to you, yes. I had no idea what a playmaker he was. He he is, I, I just thought, oh, this is a, a great scoring addition to Sacramento. He can do a lot at that position. Yeah, he talked about it last night that he's always had this skill, but he's never been allowed the opportunity to show it, and that it's Mike Brown who's brought this out of him, and he, you know, he was very... Uh, like grateful, gracious towards Mike Brown in the post-game press conference last night. Um, it's surprising to me. It's something I didn't, I didn't think would happen. And then I'd also point out that I think it's impacted Davion Mitchell substantially, like on the offensive end. And it's made uh, Davion into just a defender for the most part. And, you know, sort of a, a defender and an occasional guy who can take you off the dribble um, and a set shooter. And uh, I think it's like these are the dynamics that when you put a team together, you just don't know. Like, I mean, everyone knew that Kevin Herter could pass the ball, right? He's a guy who has averaged around three assists per game in his career. Um, But you didn't know how he would play with a big man because he's never played with a big man like Sabonis before. He's only played in his career, college and pro, with rim runners. He's never played with, with a guy like this. And we're seeing how that relationship is developing. And I think it's like the organic growth of the Kings is fun to watch. And 
Monk is is a huge part of that. He's a guy who is stepping up at every single uh, moment that you want him to, and he's just he's so much fun to watch. I mean, talk about a guy who brings energy, but he even talked about it last night. Like he will not let this team get down. He said, I will take it on myself personally. I will not let this team get down in what's happening. And uh, like, just what a, a spectacular addition to the roster. Yeah. He, you, you said something right there. You, you think the offensive performance of Malik Monk has uh, affected Davion Mitchell? Yeah, I, fully. I mean, he basically has made Davion Mitchell into uh, a point guard on off a uh, point guard on defense and a a guy who on the offensive end has to go down and, and basically stand on the sidelines and watch Malik work. And you know, I, I think Davion will grow and become uh, more forceful because of this because he he's going to understand very quickly that he he wants his name called in those situations that he's got to step up and perform. Um, but at the same time, like this is, you know, it, he's a young player. It, it's still, it's hard when you have a veteran who's going out there and dropping 27 or dropping 30 in a game um, and putting on this show that he's, you know, you have to figure out a way to match his intensity and his energy if that's who you want to be. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's totally impacting who he is as a player and how he plays, just like it does, you know, the same thing with Rashawn Holmes and how he doesn't get on the court because he can't really fit with what they're doing. And, uh, you know, some of the other guys who are stepping up and filling in for, you know, spot, spots like Trey Lyles or, you know, he's figured out a way to work within the confines of, of this group. Uh, we're talking about Malik Monk. Uh, let's hear from Malik Monk. This courtesy of James Ham. Uh, here's Malik Monk in the postgame presser last Malik, night. Start right here, James Ham. Yeah, Malik, you guys uh, let the first half highly competitive, lots of assists. The second half early on, it got really sticky, and they punched first. What do you guys need to do to get going early in the third and come out, you know, with maybe a little bit more energy? Yeah, that's a good question, man. We've been trying to figure it out too, because. Uh, Nine times out of ten, man, we coming out a little sluggish in the, in the third quarter, man. Um, and yeah, we, we've been trying to figure the same thing out, man. So we're just gonna stay with it, um, watch film tomorrow, and uh, just learn from. Him. Malik, uh, what was Booker doing out there? You guys tried different defenses on him. Felt like he was just kind of doing what he wanted out there with that forty-five piece. Book was doing book, man. Uh, it's kind of hard to um, stop an all-star when he when he's especially when he's rolling, man. Um, that's just gonna be him. So, shout out to Brandon Nunez in his loud keyboard. Four, five, etc. Don't get down. Um, don't get down on yourself. Don't look down. Don't point your finger. And uh, just come together uh, a, a little. Just make us a little closer. Uh, I'm not gonna let us separate. I, I, I take a big, big part in that, man. I take a big part of not letting us separate. So, um, yeah, we'd be all right. We're good. That's the part I wanted to hear right there. Um, what you were just alluding to right there. He will mm-hmm. not let this team uh, get down. And that's not the first time he's done that. He's, he, he's done that before. He said this before. He said, we're right there. We're going to figure out how to close these games out. And that was before the seven-game winning streak started. That's what he was saying. We're going to figure out a way to close these games out. Because, again, you know, as frustrating as last night's loss is, with the exception of Boston, they've been right there, and and and, and maybe the maybe maybe the first you know Memphis game, but 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 late in the game, they've been right there in in virtually every game that they played, including the Atlanta game, and including 
last night against Phoenix. Yeah, I think when a team wins seven games in a row, too, you just assume that, oh, they figured it out. Now they know how to win games late. And the fact is that that every game is different. And you're playing against teams that have also figured out how to win games late. And so you're you're going to have these battles that that come up here and there where you got to fight through. I think the biggest thing for me when it comes to Monk and that statement is that we've seen the Kings have players like this before that, you know, can be sort of a voice for the media. And while like Monk isn't like this eloquent speaker that you know, just puts it all out there in in such a, a tight, uh, like, soundbite that, that is so quotable and you can just, you know, roll with when you're writing. Um, he does have this ability to, to lighten the room, uh, but also it's something that I, I think the biggest ingredient is the Kings have had these guys, but they never play. So, like, it's one thing Tristan Thompson wants to talk about all this stuff, but then he doesn't play. So it, it kind of takes away some of the validity to what they're saying. And that's not their fault that they're not playing. Um, sure, they could be better players for sure. They could work on their game more. But having a player who not only like brings the joy and brings that sort of, it's a leadership quality is what he has. And it's his own way of being a leader. But on top of that, he's actually playing 23 minutes a night and he should be playing more. And some nights he is playing more. And so I really do like uh, what he's bringing to the table. And I appreciate the fact that not only is he talking, but he's talking while he's actually performing. And and that to me is like, it validates what he does and what he's doing and how he's sort of, you know, being a part of this, this team. This is a great line from, from Gilbert here. When Monk talks, I just believe it. (laughs) Definitely a guy you want to play with. Uh, You can take part in the chat by going to youtube.com slash ESPN 1320 or twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320. You brought up something a couple of minutes ago. Actually, I want to I stick with Malik for one second because that, that uh, Q&A that you were having with him post-game last night started with him saying nine times out of ten we're coming out sluggish in the third quarter. I'm not a coach, and I'm far from an expert. That feels like a problem. Nine times out of ten, we're coming out sluggish in the in the third quarter, and maybe that's a, an exaggeration on his part. But in all likelihood, it's only a slight exaggeration because you look at the way that they came out in the third quarter versus the way they came out in the fourth quarter. They didn't even look like the same team. They looked like I mean, I mean those 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 were two kind of defining moments of 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 the game. Kings falling into a hole there at the beginning of the third quarter, and then just taking charge of the game at the beginning of the fourth. This isn't exclusive to Mike Brown. This isn't a new conversation uh, on ESPN 1320 or with, with, with the three of us. This is a, a, a very regular issue that we have talked about for years. What is it about this third quarter? It's interesting because it's different players. Different you coaches? It's, different coaches? It's, yeah, I mean, when we're looking at this team – uh, there's only two players that are in the starting lineup that were there last year, like for the entire season. And so like, what is it? And, and I'll tell you, like Malik Monk says nine times out of 10, they get in, they, they come out and they're slow. I can tell you 10 times out of 10, Malik Monk is not starting the third quarter. 
because he doesn't start. And so that's the problem because we're having this issue. It's not just the third quarter, but the first quarter, too. This team has not had great first quarter starts. And like the statistics say, uh, say that they haven't had great starts. Uh, I know Jason Anderson asked a question about it in the game last uh, in either pre or post last night um, about the first quarter and their struggles there. Like they have to figure out a way to be ready. And I, a couple of times this season, they have come out and punch first, but even I think Fox said it too. They punch first. They hit us right in the mouth in the third quarter. And, you know, like sometimes the Kings can recover, uh, but you know, you can't always wait until the fourth quarter and hope that you can rally and then hope that you don't somehow uh, fall behind and, and, you know, by too many points and, and you just don't have a shot. So yeah, they're, they're battling, they're finding ways. Uh, I thought that like overall this season, they have done a nice job of coming out and making adjustments. Uh, but like the, the energy level adjustment needs to be figured out. Yeah. It just feels like they don't attempt to dictate what's going on. Um, even in games, like you could go to the, the Lakers game. If you remember the Laker game, that game was so sloppy, it, especially the first half. It was just all over the place. Like, it, I, I'm, I'm sure it's one of the, the the times Mark Jones used the you know 3 p.m. at LA Fitness line is, is is what those games often look like. But that game was dictated by the Lakers, and it's there's so many times this year where you see the Kings adopting what the opposing team is doing instead of going out there and saying. You're going to play the way we want to. You're going to play our style. You're going to play. If you're going to beat us, you're going to have to be fluid. Instead, it's the Lakers coming out being sloppy going, oh, we could be sloppy too. If they're being sloppy, we could be sloppy. Like we don't really have to dial this in yet. It's the first quarter. Are you going last night? They took a two piece to the mouth before they finally got going. And, you know, they showed some recovery. Of course, the, you know, the, the, the great opportunity that, that they had late. They kept fighting. They stayed in it. But at some point, you hope that they start to dictate the pace of the game. Yeah. I mean, what we saw, we saw that a couple of times when they when they hammered teams, you know, and it, it's part of the process. Like when you're not good enough defensively, you always leave teams in the game. So it doesn't matter how good the team's offense is, how and I think we are seeing the pace of the game is crazy. The everything the Kings are doing is with, you know, with force. And like, I don't feel like they, they haven't been the most, they've been the most physical team in almost every game this season. Um, but when it comes down to it, you're just leaving teams in and you're, you're turning it into a track meet of sorts. And because you don't play great defense or teams believe you don't play great defense, they come in with confidence and they hit their shots. And next thing you know, you're in a knockdown drag out battle and even against a team like Detroit, where you shouldn't be. And it's just a, it's part of the learning process. You know, again, keep in mind that this is, we're 19 games into the season and that this team will look a lot different in game 40. They'll look a lot different in game 60. They'll look a lot different next season when, you know, again, you might have some, some substantial changes to the roster, but the core of who and what they do is going to look different and it's going to flow different. And so I think at the end of the day, like we're just seeing the beginning stages of who the Sacramento Kings are. And we got to be patient at some point and, and let them develop because it doesn't matter how long a guy's been in the league. If he's in a new system, he's, he's developing again in a new and exciting way. And I think so far the early reaction has been great, 
But then as soon as the shots don't fall, you see how things can kind of crumble a little bit mm. and uh, how this is. It's a little bit uh, you're trying to build a house on on concrete or on rock. Uh, but every once in a while, one of the corners you you forgot and you put it on sand and the base gets washed out and the house starts teetering a little bit. You would uh, make a fig- construction analogy. Yeah, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. James Ham construction analogy totally works. <laughs> I want to go back to something we were talking about with Mike Brown a minute ago as the you know season progresses, and this is this will be you know a bigger topic of conversation. And as as we you know we get into we're in game nineteen now, as we get to game you know thirty and forty and fifty and so on. Uh, Mike has a way of of practicing. Uh, you know, you you mentioned this a moment ago. Terrence Davis told us, you know, Mike is a teacher. Shoot arounds can be two hours. For those like not familiar, shoot around is 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 generally a very very light kind of walk through practice, just quick scouting session, forty five to sixty minutes. Go get your pregame meal. Go get your nap. Go through your game day routine. That's not the way Mike does things. Mike is very much in a teaching mode, and we'll get to the moment with him and Terrence Davis. You know, last night, but that's I, I think for the most part, that's fine now. But I think at a certain point, that's not going to be fine. Like Mike is going to have to. And I think a lot of coaches have to learn how to do this. Like Mike is going to have to adjust and he, he's going to have to recognize, OK, we're 40 games into this. Yes, we still have a lot to figure out. Yes, we still have a lot to learn. Yes, we still want to get better, but we're going to have to find a way to do that in an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes rather than two-plus hours on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think, you know, like players, especially early on, you're going to get a lot of the yes coach, yes coach. You know, like these guys want to be warriors for their coach. They have a really good sort of like feel and atmosphere going on uh even yesterday's practice the day before uh no no yesterday's shoot around um it was leandro barbosa's birthday and they all pull out a chair and everyone circles them and they they sing happy birthday to him this is something that we've seen already like three or four times a season um but there comes a point where you need to look at your players and look for what's behind their eyes you know you gotta you gotta see what's there and when they're saying yes, coach, it may be saying I'm saying yes, coach, because that's what I should be saying. And I'm not, you know, I'm not giving you a true examination of what's going on with my body or my head right now. And so I think that there will come a point where he does have to pull back just a little bit. And I'm not saying a ton, but yeah. again, like they they tell us, hey, um, you, you know, we've got you, we've got to show up at, uh, you know, 10:45 for a shoot around and then we don't get in the building until way later than that like mm-hmm. we're not in until 11 15 11 20 11 30 so we're talking about an additional 45 minutes over what was expected and like their uh their pre-game stuff is physical it's not it's not your standard walkthrough and i'll also tell you this it's always in the practice facility it's not in the gym, which is something that's very different than any other coach that has been around in Sacramento. Typically, they like to get sightlines on the ball, uh, on on the the the, uh, the baskets in their own gym, you know, so you actually have an idea of what you're shooting on uh, when when it's game time. That's why it's shoot around, 
right? And they don't do that. They do it all in the practice facility, and it's just a, a different vibe. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's... Has again, anyone like, ever asked Mike about that? It's a good question. I don't think I have asked Mike about it. Um, I, I think that they kind of had it like, if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. I know Luke Walton... Yeah, they did do, win six straight prior to last night. It's not like, you know, home court has been a, yeah. a disadvantage for them. It's But it is exactly. different. It is different. But, you know, with, with Luke, Luke would hold a 4 o'clock in the afternoon uh, walkthrough. So they would have a closed bowl from 4 to from four to 4.45, and they would do their walkthrough and their conversation there. Uh, and um, and just that's it's different. It's different now. So um, I, I don't know. Uh, hopefully they, they figure it all out, and, um, and he eases back just a little bit. I, and maybe they don't feel like they need that. But I think the, the training staff, just so you know, I think he's been, I think it's Joe Nolan. He's been spectacular this season. He has. Uh, I mean, they've they've had a couple of illnesses, but there's nothing you can do about that. Fox missed one game due to injury, but so far this season through 19 games, every single every single day we look at the injury report, if there's anything, it's an illness. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. So, uh, like, they're holding together, but uh, I think there's a lot of KT tape going on. You know, like, these guys are duct taped together, uh, even though it's 19, 20 games into the season. And these are, these are also things that, you know, for Mike, they don't apply to everybody. Like, if Mike wants to run a practice a, a, a certain way, like, he most definitely should and can. You know, but maybe you maybe De'Aaron's only a, a part of a portion of that practice. Maybe Harrison is only a part of a portion of that practice. Sabonis, the same thing. I can I can think back to like the the late Ann Donovan. Ann Donovan had a way of coaching that Seattle Storm team. And when Sue Bird and Lauren Jackson got older, they were like, "Yo, this this doesn't work." And in in Ann Donovan's three hour practices, she refused to give on them. So Seattle was like, all right, cool. Like, our players are older than they were when you started. So you're fired. And she went to Connecticut and tried to do the same thing, whereas Mike Tebow ran really tight practices. She ran these long, drawn-out, three-and-a-half-hour practices, and the team was like, yo, what? And the team, like, revolted. She couldn't (laughs) adjust. And that's something that I think, you know, Mike can do without compromising the way he wants to practice, nor it may not apply to – Trey Lyles. It may not apply to Rashawn Holmes or Terrence Davis, but it has to apply to, or it can apply to guys who get bigger minutes and are critical down the stretch and need to have fresh legs for you know the bulk of these games. Yeah, I, I mean, I think coaches have to make adjustments, and that might be the one thing that I would point to. Like, it hit. It's been what eight years since Mike Brown has been a head coach in the NBA. Like, I know that doesn't seem like much, but players have changed in those eight years. And while he's been part of the Warriors, so he knows, um, it's still, it's a little different than it was when he first came into the league. And, you know, he's he's having, you know, he's working with Pop or, um, you know, he's running a, a young Cavs team and, and all that stuff. So I just think the adjustment, they'll come and, and he probably will start to see it. And I'll also point out, too, that this team does something different with, they lift after games, which is mm-hmm. very interesting as well. So, like, the, the media vibe is totally different than it, than it ever has been. Typically, we would get a coach right after a game. And once we got a coach, we would all, like, leave the, the press room and walk around to the locker room. 
Um, well, now they what they do is they give us a coach and two players. So we're in the, the room way longer. And then like a handful of us go around to the locker room and we go in for access. When we used to walk into the locker room, there'd be like seven or eight players and just kind of like shooting the breeze and hanging out. Right. And some of them have showered and some of them are halfway dressed. Some of them are still wearing their uniforms. They got to go do their stuff. Well, that's not the way it is now. Like we stand in the locker room for a while. And then while we're in the locker room, uh, you know, like maybe a player comes in and then one at a time, we start getting one or two players, but then they're gone by the time the next group of players come in. So like last night, I think Alex Lynn was in there for a little while. Um, and, and Davion, uh, didn't really want to have a conversation with the media when he showed up, uh, when we showed up and he left the locker room quick. Um, and then we just waited and waited. And then finally Fox shows up and he had been getting treatment and stuff for like over an hour and, or lifting or doing something, uh, and was still in uniform. So he talked to us. Uh, but again, like the process is different than it usually is. There's not six guys that you can like reporters can bounce around and talk to different guys at different times. We'll come back. We'll talk more uh, Kings basketball with James Ham. I want to talk about uh, Demontis Bonus. I want to talk about De'Aaron Fox. The 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 haters have waited all season uh, to come out of their little their little uh, cubby holes, and and the Fox haters have have reemerged after a. A tough stretch of three games here. We got Coach David Patrick, Sac State Hornet, said to join us coming up uh, in about 30 minutes. Much more ahead. 1 0. USA still up in the 79th minute of the World Cup. We'll keep you updated on that. It's Thilo and KC here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Thilo and KC continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. This game is getting a little bit goofy. Uh, we'll keep you updated on everything that's 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 going on right now, but it's still one nil U.S. with uh, in the approaching the 85th minute. If uh, the result holds, USA will move on uh, in the World Cup. I think they said England will win uh, Group B. So um, we'll keep you updated. Uh, in fact, uh, James will keep you updated because James is a solid 45 seconds ahead of me. So James will keep you updated on 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 everything that happens here. Coach David Patrick uh, said to join us coming up in about uh, 30 minutes. We'll talk to him about the trip his Sac State Hornets had uh, to Hawaii and what he wants to see uh, that team do better. Um, and talk about sparks off the bench, man. Sac State, they got a spark off their bench uh, similar to one that uh, Sacramento has with, with, with Malik Monk, but as you noted, to start today's show, James, the starters, they got to do their job. And in particular, I think De'Aaron Fox, there's a lot of speculation now because it's, it's, it's been three games. Now, it's, it's interesting because it, 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 it's been three games. Uh, De'Aaron hasn't been particularly sharp. He hasn't been playing at the level that he was earlier in the season. I just do want to point out, though, in the fourth game, you go back four games ago, he did score 32 in that game. So it's, yeah. it's not like it's just been this great, big, steady decline on the season. No, if you want to talk about his last three games, that's fine. Just for context purposes, in the fourth one, he scored 32 points against Memphis on the first night of that back-to-back. The Atlanta game didn't go their way. The shots didn't fall late. Those over-the-top shots that they've hit so many times uh, during this uh, stretch of basketball, they didn't fall for them. Uh, Boston was a disaster. And last night was the first night where it's like, oh, 
man, shots are rattling in and out. I thought he had a lot of really, really good looks that just simply didn't drop. Yeah, I mean, and he had, I think he had 33 the game before. So I, I think he had 65 combined points before he started having a little bit of a rough, rough patch. I, I saw it in the I can Atlanta confirm, game. yep, 33 yeah. points against Detroit, 28 yeah. versus San Antonio the game before that. Yeah, I mean, he was a player of the week before that, just so people keep that in mind. He was the NBA's Western Conference Player of the Week. Yeah, um, yeah I think when you're um, when you're looking at him move, though, I saw it in Atlanta. He started to walk a little straight-legged. Like, like he's he's got soreness. You can see he's a little beat up. And, you know, again, like the Kings have a couple of days coming off. Uh, after they play Indiana, they have two days off before another back-to-back. But two days off in the NBA – and two days off for a professional athlete's body is is a lot. I mean, that's usually really good for them to kind of uh, catch their breath, let themselves heal up a little bit just from, like, general soreness and stuff. So, uh, yeah, and you know what? Jordan Meeks brings up it's the shoes. Um, I know it's He was it's in random, New Balance last night. But uh, what was he wearing last night? New Balance. Uh, yeah, so let's point that out, that over the last uh, four games, De'Aaron Fox has switched shoes, shoe companies, three times and worn at least two different pairs of... Uh, of yeah, uh, two different pairs of Currys, because yeah. um, he wore the... I think he wore the purple ones twice. He wore a multicolored pair once, which was a different line of the Currys and the Under Armour line. And then uh, he wore New Balance. And then before that, he wore Converse. Mm-hmm. And and so um, I'm not saying that that's the problem, but I'm also going to tell you that like I've never understood some of these guys. I know DeMarcus Cousins wore a new, new pair of shoes every single game. Yes, and, he, he might have worn a new pair of shoes, but he didn't wear a different type of shoe. Most players don't wear – no player is going from company to company to company. This is the first time I've 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 ever seen it. But rarely do you see a guy go from, uh, even if you're staying within the Nike family, going from like a, a LeBron shoe to a Kyrie shoe or a Kobe shoe because they, they feel very, very different. Yeah. And, you know, I remember uh, Costa Kufis used to have um, like these, these giant, I don't even know what they were. They look like Air Force Ones, but I'm not sure what they were. Um, but he found a shoe that he liked when he was a young player and then he bought a whole bunch of them and then he just would wear that shoe and he would wear it until it was done. Like the thing, the stitches are coming out and then he'd switch to a new pair of shoes. And so some guys are that way and, and they, you know, they believe in like a little bit of, you know, superstition when it comes to their shoes and stuff. (laughs) But, uh, like other guys, like they just switch out. I remember DeMarcus got a shoe at one point and he's like, what is this? I can't wear this. And he started moving the shoe and he's like, like this thing has no lateral, like it just like, it's flimsy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would never put a six foot 11, 290 pound man in a pair of shoes like that and think that he's, he's going to, that his feet are going to survive. And so, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I, I hope that that's not part of the issue. Um, but I also know that, like, how many injuries did uh, did Mr. Bagley have? And plenty of those issues, like, could have very well been the fact that he went with a shoe company that wasn't, uh, like, humongous and mainstream when, you know, when he first in Puma. Puma. Uh, yeah, who was just getting in and, and buying up all the young athletes at that time. And, uh, you know. That died quick. 
Yeah, I, I haven't heard much about Puma since that particular draft where it seemed that they signed everyone, uh, and then it it just just kind of went away after that. Hey, the New York Knicks have signed uh, Kings Levent legend Daquan yes. Jeffries on mm-hmm. a two way contract. There we go. According according to Shams, so take Daquan Jeffries off your Auburn Destroyers, I believe was the name yep, of the team. The Auburn the Auburn, De- Auburn Destroyers, and then uh, and, and da- we can take him off of the list of uh, former Kings players who just aren't in the league anymore. Yeah, we can. Although you know it's a two way, so um, yeah, it's interesting. Counts. Uh, yeah, you the, 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 shoot, messing around with shoes is not something you genuinely do very often during the season. Like again, they're all different. I remember the first time I put on a pair of LeBrons, I was like, I can't wear these. These LeBrons are made for a dude that is six eight two seventy five. I need like a Kobe. Like I need I need a shoe that's made for a significantly lighter person or a Kyrie, a shoe that's made for a significantly smaller person. And I don't even play basketball. That's just to walk down the street in. Uh, switching from shoe company to shoe company, though I doubt last night was the first time De'Aaron Fox ever wore New Balances. It was just probably the first time that he wore it uh, in a game. But he does have those big, thick ankle braces on as well. And one of the the patent Kobe's that he used to wear had those built-in braces that you. It, it was a you know, there's the high top, then there's the super super high top that Kobe had for a couple of lines of his shoe and. De'Aaron used to wear those quite a bit uh, in recent years. So, um, But good eyes by Jesse, who spotted that they were New Balance, because I kept looking at those like, those aren't Under Armour. I can't figure out what shoes those are, and uh, they are, in fact, uh, New Balance. He played 28 minutes last night, and it felt like Mike wanted to give him an opportunity, but he realized this probably just isn't his night and he kept trying to find something that would spark the team and it wasn't really there and he wound up ending with De'Aaron Fox but it it felt like he kept searching he being Mike Brown kept searching for that spark with De'Aaron kind of just not the shot just not falling for him things not really going his way because not only was the shot not falling for him he didn't feel super involved in the offense either that was Malik and that was uh, Domas yeah, Domas and even Herder. Herder got really yeah. involved too. Yeah, I, I would say this. Like, I, I thought that his minutes were forced last night. Mm. Um, I thought that he, when he did come in the game, he just didn't have the oomph. And I thought Davion did. And and I know that could be why Davion didn't want to speak to the media because uh, it did not look like he was super excited about coming off the court late in the game. Um, and, yeah. you know, to be honest, I, he deserved to be on the court. I yeah. thought he played extremely well. He was only two of seven from the field. Um, but like, even in my six, my six quick thoughts, like I thought Davion was like the spark, uh, like he played so well defensively. He just made things more difficult for the Suns, and it led to some, some crazy plays on the other end. And, uh, so like at a certain point, like you gotta, you gotta be able to judge whether your player has it or not. But then the flip side of it is like for as many people that, like are are clamoring in my Twitter feed from saying, "Hey, how come, you know, uh, how come De'Aaron Fox isn't in the game?" I had more players saying, "You know, why does he keep going in and out of the game?" And then other people saying, "Like, hey, you know, he's he's just not he doesn't have it, and like this isn't his night, or or you know, he's played really poorly for three games." Um, so it, it's tough when you're a coach. All these things are running through your head, like you're trying to balance it out and make sure that you're doing right by your uh by your your star player 
And I didn't think he was coming back, to be honest with you. In in the fourth quarter, I think he came out a second time. I didn't think he was yeah. coming back. I thought he was going to ride Davion till the end. Um, and obviously that, you know, that wasn't the case. Uh, yeah. Davion was, for those that care about this type of thing, Davion was a plus six last night. Yeah. Uh, De'Aaron was a minus 16. And their minutes are comparable. 28 for De'Aaron, 25 for Davion. So Davion was impactful uh, during his, his, his time on the floor. Will Z, uh, uh, not too long ago here during the show, tweeted some interesting notes on, on the type of night that Devin Booker had. It's 28 field goal attempts last night. Uh, two, he was 2 of 4 on very tight coverages. He was 11 of 16 on tight coverages. Uh, he only shot uh, 8 open shots. He was 4 of 8 on those. And none of the 28 field goals that Devin Booker took last night uh, would be considered wide open shots. He was just on one last night. And it was pretty clear early he's going to have himself a day and, and the Kings are going to have to figure out a way to sustain that. Uh, they obviously did the best that they could, but when it came down to it, they Devin Booker was too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Devin Booker and the Kings talked about it too. They said, you know, we, we gave him life early. He got a couple of breakaway layups and got him going. Uh, let's just reset. So people are, who are listening out there on the radio, uh, we're in the 96 and a half minute of a, Nine and a half plus minute stoppage time, extra time uh, in this game. U.S. is still up 1-0, and it's been an absolute battle. So there's roughly a little over two minutes left in the game, potentially more than that. U.S. is still up 1-0, but Iran is just like they're doing everything they can to try to get uh, the equalizer here and advance to the uh, second round, the knockout round. The ball has legit been on their side of the field. Most of this second half, certainly for the last all of extra time and probably the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, I mean, this has been pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. But like, this is a good battle. I knew this would be a good battle. You know, this is not a joke of a team, this Iranian team. And uh, they've got a, they play hard and, you know, and it's big. This is big for their country. I, you know, it's one of those things you're watching World Cup if you are, and there's so many people who aren't watching World Cup. Um, the U.S., by having two draws to open uh, their their um, group play, I think they've really hurt, like, the potential to, to make this such an exciting, growing thing in, in the United States. Um, holy cow, almost a goal by our own. Um, <laughs> absolutely wild. This is going to be a wild Which finish. is like the third or fourth almost goal in the yeah. last, you know, handful of minutes. Yeah, I think that this is, it's been a bummer because, you know, if you had like a, a 2-0 game or a 3-0 game that got people excited, it would actually help grow the sport, especially with World Cup coming to uh, North America here in, in uh, four years from now. Well, we might as well finish this out because I'm I'm at the I'm at the 98th minute, which means you've got to be approaching the 99th minute, if not being oh. past it. Yeah, this was a oh the this, ball between the keeper's legs is nuts. Yeah, this <laughs> this, this is wild. This is amazing uh, that we're getting to see this, and and they're calling something. Uh, they're varing something. Um, 
it, it appears. Soccer I'm players sure. are so dramatic. It's so much fun. They're 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 just so dramatic. Like they're always yelling. Oh my gosh! It looks like they're about to jump the official. What is going on right now? Well, they're trying to see if they're going to give him a a penalty, a PK, and uh, they're saying no. That's what that was about. They're they were trying to see whether they're going to give uh, Iran a, a penalty kick for um, for the takedown on that the play where the ball went through the keeper's legs. This is insane. Could you imagine? The, the 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 kings and the sons gathered around a singular official the way that these two teams were just a moment ago. Oh, uh, my it's, it's goodness. It's crazy. Yeah, and they're all yelling and, you know. And dem- it, the, it's the, he's, the Iranian guy was demonstrating on the American what happened. <laughs> yeah, it, oh, was, it, was, it was pretty wild. I think I sneaky love soccer. Oh, there, my there it gosh. Is. Oh, my gosh. We have it's another official? shot in the box. Yeah. Is, is it is it official? Is it over? No, it's not over yet. Okay, because I, I mean, I'm I'm just making Wait. sure because I'm behind. It's over. Okay, the USA, USA moves has advanced. On. They have advanced to the knockout stage. Much to the chagrin of the Iron Sheik Tapia uh, in the studio, um, mm. USA has moved on. Man, yes, soccer's yes. intense. Man, goodness gracious, soccer's. Yeah, even a nine-minute extra time, like what in the world? Nine, and it went like nine and a half, almost like nine forty. Wow, absolutely incredible, incredible. That was fun to that was fun to live through with all of these people on the radio. There we go. Wait, wait for for those listening on the radio or the Odyssey app. When the push notification, because I'm assume, assuming you're all sports fans and are getting alerts on your phone when the push notification comes through that shows you uh the uh near goal that goes between the goalkeeper's legs watch it it's yeah. it's 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 quite a moment right there uh but USA wins 1-0 they uh officially advance in the FIFA World Cup we really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month new iPhone 15s it's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.